I want to welcome all of you who are joining us today. And uh, I just want to go ahead and say that uh, if you're anything like me, I hope after, or I hoped after pausing our in-services last year due to COVID, I think many of you were like, let's never do that again. And guess what? We hadn't planned to never do that again. In fact, I told our staff a few months ago, hey, that we're not going to do that again. But as you know, because you live in our communities, COVID has reared its ugly head with the Delta variant, and it is spiking rapidly in our communities, and we have an incredible amount of cases in our communities. In fact, we have more cases in our hospitals in our communities right now than we did during the first wave of the, the pandemic. And so there's this lack of space in our hospitals. There's overloaded medical staff in all our communities, and sometimes it's even causing some delays in being able to give treatment. And knowing that, we were all faced with the question, not just knowing that, but also knowing with the, the exposures that we had with staff and Dream Team, um, we were faced with the question is, what do we do to help our community? And um, this question, it led us to the decision to pause our in-person services for this week. And while this was a very, very difficult decision, it's a decision that none of us want to make because it is so much more difficult to do just an online experience than to be able to gather in our rooms. Um, it was a decision that um, we made, and it was a decision that makes me kind of think about the early church when during the Roman Empire there was a pandemic that struck, and historians took notice of how Christians in their community, they cared for the sick with complete disregard for their own personal safety, and they stayed in their cities to serve the sick when everybody else fled, and the bottom line or the big idea of that story to me is always they were willing to sacrifice their personal preferences and conveniences to show love to the people around them. And so as we processed everything going on around us, we're like, how do we serve the people in our communities? And we said, well, this Sunday we are going to be willing to sacrifice our personal preferences and our convenience of gathering to show the people around us that we love them. And while it has been a hard choice we felt like it was the right one for us this Sunday. So let me also just be very clear because I've had some people kind of ask how this decision was made. Uh, this decision was made by our lead pastors, which is myself and Dustin and Philip and our elder team. And, and because we've also had several people question if we were giving into some kind of political pressure, I want you to be sure and know this. There has been never no governing entity that has talked to us about pausing our in-person services. We, we made this decision just like we made the decisions back in 2020 um, because we continue to do what we've done every week since this pandemic started, and that is to have conversations with local doctors and local health professionals uh, to get their take on what is happening on in our community and make decisions based on what is needed for our community. So um, just make sure that you know we, we just keep track with our local doctors who attend our churches and health professionals who attend our churches to see, hey, what are the decisions? And the big part of this decision was because of the incredible amount of exposure that staff and Dream Team have had during these past two weeks especially, and now um, this past week specifically. And then with all our hospitals being so overloaded, we're like, okay, we're going to make this very, very difficult decision. So... Um, know that that's how we made the decision. So uh, when we talk about tough decisions, uh, one of the things that um, we know is life is filled with very hard and difficult choices. 
And so I thought today, um, while we're talking about making a tough decision as a church, um, because this is a decision that kind of goes upstream, I thought I would allow you into my personal space um, to just kind of see how we make the kind of decisions that we make as a church. Because the truth is, every day, every one of us, we are presented with a lot of tough decisions. In fact, studies show that we make somewhere between about 70 and 100 decisions, significant decisions every day. And then you add that up, and that adds up to around like 25,000 decisions a year. And then that could be like a million or two over a course of a lifetime. And the reality is, this is what we all have to think about. The reality is, the world in which we're living, decision-making is not going to get any easier. In fact, decision-making is only going to get tougher. So the question is, how do you make great decisions? How do you make great decisions in this ever-changing and this very complex world? Well, today, I thought I would let you kind of see inside how we as a church, church leaders make these decisions because it may help you understand better how to make difficult decisions, tough decisions in a very complex, changing world. See, the reality is, we just said this, some of the decisions that we have to make are very, very complex. Some of the decisions that we have to make in life, they are very heavy decisions, just like the one that we made this week about going online for the week. Sometimes decisions just feel absolutely overwhelming because there are so many decisions to make. But here's what we really know if we stop and think about it. The decisions that you make today they really determine the life you live and the person that you become tomorrow. And so, those of us who make great decisions, we get the most out of, the law, out of life. And those of us who don't make great decisions, guess what happens? We suffer the consequences. Now, we all understand that when we really stop and think about it. Because you understand that bad decisions, they can cost you a marriage, it can cost you your health, it can cost you relationships, it can cost you your career, it can cost you your happiness. I mean, it can even cost you your soul. And that's why Solomon said in the book of Proverbs, in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 3, he says, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness. And you know, that's just so true, isn't it? In fact, have you, have you ever thought about this at some season or some point in your life? How did I get myself into this mess? And we all at some point in our life had that thought. So to a certain level, we understand the power of our decisions on the outcome of our lives because we've, always asked, we've all asked that question at some point in time in our life. How did I get myself in this mess? But here's what makes our decisions even more impactful and powerful than what we understand. And that is this. Decisions never get made in isolation. Therefore, decisions tend to be momentum creating. And what that means is this. One bad decision will often tend to lead to another bad decision, which will lead to another bad decision and another bad decision. But the opposite is also true. So does a good decision. One good decision will lead to another good decision and another good decision. And eventually you're building your life on good decisions. So the decisions that we make, they create or tend to create the momentum of our lives. And that's just not our lives, but it also tends to create the momentum of the lives of the people around us. So back to our question that we're answering today, and that is this. 
How do you make great decisions in a complex, ever-changing world? Well, to answer that, I want us to look at the life of Solomon. And where we're going to pick up in this story is where Solomon has recently taken over the leadership of the whole nation of Israel from his father, David. And he quickly realized, once he became king, that he was not prepared for this task. In fact, as he got into the task, he felt like he had no chance on his own. And then he has this amazing opportunity with God. In fact, I want you to look at this opportunity with me. If you want to look along in your Bibles, it's 1 Kings chapter 3. Here's what it says. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Now, Solomon, God is saying, what do you want? And I want you to imagine if you had that kind of opportunity to, uh, with God. Like, what would you ask if God came to you and said, ask for whatever you want me to give you? What would you go for if God asked you that? And some of you are sitting there thinking right now, oh, I know what God, I would ask God for if he asked me in this season of my life. But I want you to notice Solomon's request. Because in Solomon's request, by the way, which is an amazing request, but in this request is the key to making great decisions in a very complex world. Look at what he says in verse 6. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Which is Solomon's humble way of saying, God, I am so overwhelmed with this job. God, these decisions, they're so complex, they're so heavy, they're so overwhelming. In fact, look at what happens in verse 8. He says, your servant is here among the people that you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or to number. So give your servant a discerning heart, literally a heart of wisdom. Some of your translations will say that. To govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Now, I want you to get this. Think about it this way. Solomon could have asked God for anything in the world that he wanted, but he asked for wisdom. In fact, you could almost say it this way. Solomon's first decision was to ask God for the wisdom to make every other decision that he's going to have to face in the future. And it's also interesting, when you look at Solomon's request for wisdom, he does not ask God to reduce his load. He doesn't ask God to take away the pressure of his leadership. He, he doesn't ask God to remove the anxiety that he feels when he's having to make decisions that he feels inadequate for. But what he asks God to do is he says, God, give me wisdom. And I want you to notice how God responds in verse 10. Here's what he says. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this, literally that Solomon asked for wisdom. So God said to him, since you've asked for wisdom and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, 
but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. In fact, he says, I will also give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime, you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Now, I want you to think about this. God is so pleased with Solomon's request that he gives Solomon not only what he asked for, this wisdom, but he gave them so much more than just wisdom. Now, why is that important for us to notice? Well, it helps us to understand God's perspective on the importance of needing wisdom to guide our lives. So the question that we're answering is, how do you make great decisions in a complex, ever-changing world? How do you make sure that you make wise decisions for the rest of your life? Well, to answer that question, I'm going to give you two practical steps from this story that I have applied to my life, and we as leaders of this church have tried to apply to our lives as we make difficult decisions. First of all, I think you need to do what Solomon did, and that is this. You need to ask God for wisdom. And please hear me. When you ask God for wisdom, you need to ask like Solomon did. You ask with all humility and all sincerity of heart. Because see, when Solomon asked for wisdom, it was not about him. It was about others. It was about how he could lead and how he could serve other people well. And here's what we discover from what Solomon does from, about God, and that is this. Whenever we ask with humility and sincerity of heart, God loves to give wisdom to people who really desire and feel the deep need for it and are other people focused. God loves to do that. Now, that brings us to something that is very important and I think oftentimes misunderstood about God and decision-making, and that is God and decision-making and God's will for our life. Because as a pastor, I often get asked this question, how do I know God's will whenever I'm making a decision? Because people think if they knew God's will, like if they knew God's perfect will for their life, then they could make wise decisions automatically and naturally. Don't miss this. God's primary will for your life is not about the things that you do. It's the person that you become. Don't miss that. God's primary will for your life, it's not about the job that you ought to take. It's not about the city where you should live. It's not about whether you should get married or not get married. It's not about what house you should live in. No, God's primary will for your life is that you become someone with the character of Jesus. That is God's will for your life. And by the way, just understand that there are no circumstances or no situations. There's no person that can prevent you from becoming somebody with the character of Jesus. Nothing can keep that from happening in you except you. Now, we all kind of understand when we stop and think about it why this is God's purpose or his primary will for your life. Why character is the primary will of God for your life, especially if you're a parent. I mean, think about this, parents. If you're a parent, would you want the kind of kids 
where you always tell them for their whole life long, wear these clothes, take these classes, go to this school, apply to this job, marry that person, purchase this house, and you always have to tell them exactly what to do as long as they live. Would you want that as a parent? Now, some of you helicopter parents and lawnmower parents, you overattached parents, you know, you think, I need my kids to have a life. You're thinking, yes, that would be great. Well, that would be an issue all of its own, and that's not a healthy issue. We will tackle that in another series called Parenting Unscripted. But the correct answer is, no, you would not want children like that. Why? Because, see, your main goal is not for them to be little robots. No, your main goal is that they become people of great character, judgment, discernment, and wisdom. And the only way for our children to become children of wisdom and character is for them to make lots and lots and lots of little bitty decisions while they're little children. And of course, that means they're going to make a lot of wrong decisions. And when they make wrong decisions, those little bitty wrong decisions when they're smaller as a child even before their teenage years, you as a parent can help them gain wisdom through that process. But what you discover as you raise children is one of the primary ways that they learn is through the ability to make decisions and learn from those decisions under their parents' leadership. Now, here's the other thing that you need to understand about this. When it comes to God's will, because some of you are still sitting there thinking, yeah, I understand why he wants character development as his primary will, but what if God has a specific task or a specific place that he wants me to go? Well, here's what I want to tell you on that. God is perfectly capable of making that known, and he will make that known to you. But I want you to understand this next part as well, because it's important for us to understand about wisdom and God's will for our life. Very often, God's will for you, when you come to God and you ask him for his will and his wisdom for your life, he's going to say to you, I want you to decide. Now, why does God want that? Because here's why. Decision-making is an ind indispensable part of character forming. Don't miss that. Decision-making is an indispensable part of character forming. That's why James who was the half-brother of Jesus, doesn't say to us when he's writing to us as Christ followers, he doesn't say, if any of you are facing a tough decision and it's making you feel anxious and it's making you feel overwhelmed and it feels really heavy, then you need to ask God to tell you what you can do so you can be relieved of all the anxiety and the responsibility. See, most of us, when we're making tough, heavy, complex decisions, we want to answer from God in order to offload the pressure off of ourselves onto somebody else, most of the time, on God. The other thing is, James, when he was saying that, he didn't say, hey, God is going to relieve you of all the difficulty of the having to make pressure decisions. No, he doesn't say that. What he says is this, is he says, if any of you lack wisdom... You need to ask God for wisdom, and then as you walk with God through the process of making the decision, you will gain the wisdom. Literally, as you go through the process, God is going to grow you up as a person to be able to handle the pressure of the decisions that you need to make in life. So wise decisions begin with asking for wisdom like Solomon did. So you need to ask and trust God to give it to you through the process that he's going to take you through as you have to make that decision. 
The second thing is this that you do. Not only do you ask God for wisdom, but you ask the wisdom question. Solomon asked for wisdom. And the way that he said it was, give me a wise and discerning heart. Now, the question is, how do you get a wise and discerning heart? Well, back in 2004, I read a book called The Best Question Ever, and it basically built on what the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 5 when he says, listen, I don't want you to walk as unwise, but as wise. And it really helped me to understand and get a perspective of how you have a wise and discerning heart. In fact, it changed the way that I make decisions in my life. In fact, this question, this wisdom question, is one of the toughest questions that you will ask yourself every day because I hope you will ask yourself this question every day because it is also the best question that you can ask yourself every day. So what is the wisdom question? The wisdom question is, what is the wise thing to do? And some of you are saying, how, how does that give me a wise and a discerning heart? Well, here's how it does. We typically make decisions, and when we make them, we run them through a very generic and a less helpful set of questions. We ask unwise questions like this. Is there anything wrong with it? Or how far is too far? And the problem with asking those kind of questions, those what can I get away with kind of questions, it really leads us to saying, how close can I get to sin without really sinning? Or how close can I get to the line between right and wrong without actually doing something wrong? Or how can I keep God in my hip pocket and yet experience as much of the world as I can experience? It really is, how much can I get away with? And just so you know, when you are asking the unwise questions for making a decision, it always leads to another question. And it's this question. How did I get myself into this mess? How did I get myself into this mess? But when you ask the wisdom question, most of the decisions you make in your life, they are going to go upstream against the culture. That's why most of us do not like to ask this question. See, it was kind of like I wanted to stick my head in the sand about what was going in on our community and ignore this question. But when you ask the wisdom question, what is the wise thing to do? It always takes courage because it always reveals to you what really is in your heart. Now, here's why this is so true. This question, what is the wise thing to do? It always takes you to a higher standard. It, it always takes you out of the average way of thinking that says, well, if it's not illegal, then it must be okay, or it was consensual, so it's okay. In fact, if you begin to ask this question in your life, what is the wise thing to do? People are going to begin to look at you as though you're silly. Some people are going to look at you and go, why are you making that decision? Because nobody else is making that decision. Because the answer to the wisdom question, it calls you to a much higher standard than the world's values or the world's standards. It's the higher standard and values that Jesus calls us who are Christ followers to live up to. And I know, as I said, man, this question, it takes courage and it forces us to face many of the things that we have been ignoring in our lives for years. And here's why this question, what is the wise thing to do? Here's why it takes courage. I have discovered in most areas of life, we are afraid to ask this question because we already know the answer. See, 
Most of us, to some level, we will resist asking this question because we are afraid we will not get the answer we like or we're gonna discover something else about ourselves that we don't like. And let me just say, if asking this question, what is the wise thing to do, if the thought of asking that question at every decision you're gonna make, if that's threatening to you, if you find yourself sitting there pushing back on this question, then you've just learned something very important about yourself. You've just discovered that you're setting yourself up for failure and regret in the future. You've just exposed the fact that you already know in your gut the answer, and therefore you really don't want to ask the question. Like, you know what you're about to do. You, you know what you plan to do. You know what you want to do. And you know if you ask that question that you're going to have to answer it by saying, that's going to set me up for a future of regret. And yet, you're refusing to rethink the decision. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. Lean into that pushback and be honest with yourself of why you don't want to be wise, why you don't want to ask what's the wise thing to do. Now, let me even challenge you at another level for why asking this wisdom question is so important. As we've talked about for the past three weeks in the series, taking responsibility for your life series. And um, in fact, last week we said, eventually your irresponsibility is gonna become somebody else's responsibility. What we discovered is your decisions in life, they don't just affect you. No, your decisions in life affect everyone who in some way depends on you or who is touched by your life. Now, here's what I know some of you are sitting there thinking as, as we're talking about this. You're thinking maybe, man, I've already made some decisions so bad that they're in that category that can't even be redeemed. Like I blew up my marriage and now it's over or I alienated my children. Now they won't talk to me or I violated my integrity in a public way or I betrayed my values. I sinned against God and others. But here's what I want to say to you. As important as it is that you make wise choices by asking the wisdom question, I also want you to understand that if you've made choices in the past and you just kind of blew up things in your life, make sure you understand this. We are not saved by the quality of our decisions. We are saved by the grace of God. Listen, you have never made a decision so bad that God won't forgive it. It's never too late for grace. Because see, with God, the decision that matters the most is the one that you start making today. It's the decision that you start making right now. And that is the wise decisions by asking the question, what's the wise thing to do? So what I'm gonna do for us, because this season is one of those seasons where most of the decisions that you're gonna face, man, they're gonna to be tough, they're gonna to be difficult, they're gonna be complex, they're gonna be heavy, and there's gonna be so many that are gonna feel overwhelming. So what I'm gonna do for us today is I'm gonna pray for us. I'm gonna pray for us that we become people who not only ask God for wisdom so that we can benefit other people as Solomon did, but that we will apply the wisdom question to every decision that we make and then allow God through the processes of making that decision to grow us into the people that he wants us to become. So let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this incredible opportunity. God, just to pause in this moment and begin to decide how we're gonna make decisions going forward. And Lord, for some of us, um, 
we've never thought about asking you for wisdom. For others of us, we've never heard the wisdom question of what's the wise thing to do. But I pray for all of us that you'll help us to begin from this day forward um, to say, God, I'm facing this complex, this heavy, this overwhelming group of decisions. I want to be wise, so give me wisdom. And I'm asking, what's the wise thing to do? And I thank you, God, that as you take us through the process of making that decision, you not only show us what the right decision is or the best decision is, but you also change us into people of character. So God, I I pray that you help us not to resist this incredible opportunity to end this season, end this world, to take your wisdom, apply it to our, our lives, our decisions, so that we can be better salt and light in the communities in which we live. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for gathering with us online today. Uh, man, we so look forward to seeing you back in our rooms uh, next Sunday. Um, But thank you so much for being flexible. We'll see you next week. Have a great week.